1: No great adventure ever started with, so there I was on the couch. Adventure should be fun. Adventure should be rugged. Adventure should take you someplace new. And if you ask me, there's no better place to start your adventure this spring than at your local Honda dealer, where new Hondas are arriving daily. Check out the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, Accord, Civic, and more. So you can stay on the couch if you want to, but I'm going to find adventure in a new Honda. Hurry into your local Honda dealer before they're gone.
0: Using marijuana before the age of 25 could actually cause changes in our memory. That's because THC, the active chemical in weed, attaches to receptors in the hippocampus, the part of your brain that creates memories. Learn about marijuana at our website. I'm Tamara Thomas, editor-in-chief of urbanhealthtoday.com, part of the DocWire family of medical news sites, and I want to thank you for tuning in to Urban Health Weekly. Our goal each week is to keep you informed of the latest in health and medical news right from today's headline. It's time to empower yourself with open conversations about your medical care with news that matters to you. So are you ready? Let's get started. Hi, I'm Tamara Thomas, and welcome to Urban Health Weekly, where we talk about medical news and health topics that matter to you. I'm here with Jackie and Lou. How are you guys? Hey, guys. How you doing? Well,
2: good.
0: Can I just tell you, I don't usually spend a lot of time on social media. Mm-hmm. But I was looking at some TikTok videos. <laughs> you know, you talked about those TikTok
3: cooking videos. Oh, my God. My kid watches those. Yes. I watch those. I you know. do. <laughs>
0: Yes. Apparently they're everyone's guilty pleasure where, you know, they, yes. they put the food together and, they, and some people really get busy and make like like really serious food and some people, man, not so much. So anyway, I there was this one video that I saw with this woman and She's like throwing the food in the pot and she's like making a point to tell everyone that she buys the cheapest rice and she buys the cheapest this and cheapest that. And she's not going to spend money on food. (laughs) But I couldn't help noticing that she had these gorgeous nails. I was wondering where this was going. That's pretty high maintenance. And I'm just thinking, you know, like what if she went to the nail salon and they said, oh, we'll just do your nails any old way. She'd have a conniption fit, but she's not concerned at all about the food that she's putting in her body. I just thought that was really fascinating. That was a really interesting
3: exercise. Did she have beautiful hands also? I, you know, I don't know. I didn't really. You know, I just I
2: saw the same video.
3: Yeah, because he the, sent me the video. Yeah.
2: You know, okay. I, I am the source of all of this, uh, the product.
0: <laughs> and I'm always everything. like, I don't want to see it, but he sends it anyway. Yeah, you know,
2: everything was.
0: I, Were her hands beautiful? I don't think her. I don't.
3: I didn't really. I don't know. Will her hands stay beautiful if she continues not eating healthy foods? Yeah, that's a good well, point.
2: The 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 theme on a lot of these TikTok videos because they they start having a theme is that the people are well kept. You know, they they well, say, uh,
3: you can that they're well kept. You can see just see their nails, so you don't well, know they're that's they're that's meticulous that's and well groomed. You know,
2: the kitchens are usually you know. I'm not going to call them the Iron Chef's Kitchen, but they're usually, you know, nicely appointed kitchens.
3: All right. The
2: food and the ingredients that they buy. I mean, oh, my God. It's I like,
0: just couldn't get over that one video where she's like, I buy the cheapest rice. I'm not going to spend a lot of money on rice. It's very expensive. And I buy the. Yeah. It doesn't matter what kind of it doesn't matter what kind of sauce you use. Just buy sauce. Like it was like a point of
3: pride for her that she was using. That's interesting. I could see how that makes it very accessible. And like, it starts, like maybe that starts you on your journey of quality food.
0: I don't know. I don't think that's what it was. I think she was just making a point that she's not going to spend money that one one food is just as good as the next and she's not not oh. going to spend more <laughs> yeah. money for the better quality stuff. Yeah,
2: where I took it was- But this like,
0: goes into your body, in your body. Like
2: yeah. using like tomatoes that, I, I'm not going to call them rotten, but tomatoes that you wouldn't eat. She said, oh, these are, I wouldn't eat these, but now I'm going to use them in the recipe. It's like a way to use So it's
3: it. very frugal. I, I would just
2: call, look, if I'm putting something into my body, I'd like to know that- I'd
0: like to know that they're the freshest, they're the highest quality, that they're well-made by a reputable distributor, that they're free of toxins, that they're free of pesticides, that they're free. And I recognize that everyone doesn't have that luxury. Right. She was saying that she didn't make any attempt to make the quality of the food better, which was striking to me because she had these gorgeous nails that, looks like <laughs> you know like really high maintenance like you go to the salon and you're like eyeballing them like you better Those make sure your priorities
3: you, are a little out yeah, of whack.
0: you better make sure my nails look really nice or I'm going to give you a hard time and yeah. yet she's like dumping on her body that I couldn't wrap my mind yeah. around
2: well, some of this is like, you know, it almost reeks of colonial. This is day. why
0: I don't like, this is but why I was telling him, don't well, this, send me the video.
2: two things, I got two <laughs> things to say. What, one is it kind of reeks of like old colonial days where they would put pepper on everything and that way it tastes good or curry on everything. And oh,
3: oh like- to, hide, to hide the lack of freshness of the, the quality, quality of the ingredients. ingredients.
2: You're not getting the best part of the meat. <laughs> 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 the, the other thing is that you know they had another one that we that uh, that I saw that I that I sent over that um, had Doritos. The, the guy had chopped up Doritos and he was using Doritos to bread a sandwich with. And then he breaded the sandwich with crushed Doritos, And then after that, he cooked it in bacon sauce or something.
3: Oh, my God. It, it, that it was a <laughs> wonder, that video. That's like what it was, like, deep fried Snickers. Off with like, ham-
0: yes, which I, I still, and fried Twinkies in deep that. Deep fried, fried Twinkies. Twinkies <laughs> which I don't understand. It's already processed,
3: so you're going to, like, process, process. They want food. it, like make it as processed as possible. Look what we can do. It's so offensive. And I'm sure it tastes good,
2: but I mean, you eat that, you better get some press store
3: after that or something. <laughs> so he
0: had the ham and cheese and that started off nice enough. And then he put the ham and cheese in the crushed Doritos. And then he put the crushed, like he breaded it with the crushed Doritos and he put it in the oil or whatever it was. It was a big vat of oil to fry it, it and, oh my god or something i don't know what it was. i didn't paid i was just like so like oh my god oh my god oh my god uh, he's getting shock value out of it it's so oh, and, and yeah. then oh but i'm sure people are looking at it salivating like oh my god right. if it's triggering all your
3: addictive food clicks right there
0: oh my god what is it like salt fat sugar that whole thing yes yes and then At the end of all of that processing, he slices open a croissant and puts it inside the croissant. (laughs) Like, what was the point after all of that? But he
3: (laughs) the
2: chef chef was actually very fit. And after he would cook up this contraption, he would eat like one. He would literally eat
3: like and then when he's up (laughs) here, He spits it out off camera. Like <laughs> <laughs> That's how he ended the video. Like he ah. would pick
0: up these like amazingly deep fried, really highly processed options. And then he would take the littlest, littlest bite. And that's how he ended the video. And I'm pretty sure that, Yeah, exactly right. That's probably what he does. Afterward, he gets a napkin and is like, yeah, all right, this shit is over.
3: <laughs> 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 all
0: right, so let's get into it. Why is blue light before bedtime bad for sleep? Mm. Scientists have been cautioning against using light-emitting devices before bed. Why? Because the light from our devices has a higher concentration of blue light than natural light. And blue light affects levels of the sleep-inducing hormone melatonin more than any other light. Changes in sleep patterns can in turn shift the body's natural clock, known as its circadian rhythm, or circadian rhythm depending. Recent studies have shown that shifts in this clock can have devastating health effects because it controls not only your wakefulness, but also individual clocks that dictate function in the body's organs. In other words, stressors that affect our circadian clocks, such as blue light exposure, can have much more serious consequences than originally thought. The biological clock in healthy adults follows a 24-hour sleep-wake cycle. When the sun rises in the morning, our body produces cortisol, which makes us feel awake and alert. As daylight fades, our body releases melatonin, which produces feelings of sleepiness. Electronic backlight devices like cell phones, tablets, readers, and computers emit short wavelength enriched light, also known as blue light, fluorescent light, and LED lights. They also emit blue light, which has been shown to reduce or delay the natural production of melatonin in the evening and decrease feelings of sleepiness. Blue light can also reduce the amount of time you spend in slow wave and rapid line movement or REM sleep, two stages of the sleep cycle that are very important for cognitive functioning. Children are particularly vulnerable to sleep problems stemming from electronic devices that emit blue light. Oh, no. Harvard studies. Oh, yes. Numerous studies have established the link between using devices with screens before bed and increases in sleep latency or the amount of time it takes someone to fall asleep. Additionally, children who use these devices at night often do not receive enough high-quality sleep and are more likely to feel tired the next day. Certain types of household lighting can also affect melatonin production at night. One study found that bright bedroom light can decrease production of melatonin by as much as 90 minutes compared to dim lighting. In addition to causing sleep problems, blue light can also cause retina damage. Unlike blue light though, red, yellow, and orange light have little to no effect on your circadian rhythm. Dim light with one of these colors is considered optimal for nighttime reading. Let me tell you, I recently took my little one off of melatonin and it was rough going. Oh, the first week and a half. So finally I had to cut out the TV watching and I make her wear blue block glasses and read a book or let her do some knitting. And so gradually um, the bedtime started getting a little bit early, a little bit earlier. Now she's getting to like a decent schedule. I heard you, you you groaned when I said I took her off the melatonin.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And also just the late night. Oh boy. So even the light, like, even the overhead light can have. Yes. Well, Dr. Oz always
0: says no overhead light past 7 p.m. Okay. Because, you know, you don't want that that overhead light. You A lamp light is okay. Dim lights are okay. I dim all the lights, and I wear the blue block because I'm still working after 7 o'clock, and the light in my office is a white light. So... Yeah. I try to do things that I can so that I get that natural sleepiness, but uh, if, and if I didn't do that, I'd be up till you know midnight, one o'clock in the morning, and when I get into bed, I should say when oh. I get in the bed, I'm not like I don't have a problem going to sleep right away, like I go to sleep right away, but I really should be going like I like there's a natural time like around ten, something like that that you're yeah. supposed to get like really sleepy and then. It's like, okay, I've hit a wall. I got to go to bed. And right. that does not happen with the blue light.
1: Ooh.
3: Have you noticed that or no? Uh, I have. And um, I, I wouldn't ask you, what do you guys think of like, you know how they have that feature on your telephone where like it makes it sort of like a warm light? Is that taking away the blue light or no? The Sleep foundation seems to think that that's
0: better than doing nothing at all. I tend to not agree I think that you should, I don't think that it really has any true, I don't think it makes a difference. I think you should just not have those devices on at all, or wear blue blocking glasses,
3: like those orange glasses that just block out the blue light. All right. I I think I'm going to get some for me and for my kid, because I have those blue light blockers for my readers, but I put on a CPAP machine. You should see this thing where I'm trying to put my readers on top of my full face mask gear, like, <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, I think I'm going to see about getting that too. And of course I need to reduce, um, you know, electronics before bedtime. That's a no brainer. Yeah. I
0: tried. I read a, an actual book if I'm going to read anything or I journal. I just, I just, just, I've never felt that looking at a screen before bedtime, it just never felt natural to me,
3: but, but right. you know, I, I
0: realized that a lot of people like to read like that.
3: Yes, because it's it's lit up. Precisely because it's easier for me to read when there's when it's like got a little bit of backlighting like on a Kindle or one of those kind of things, like a reader. Those help me a lot. So, I remember when I was shift working though, that was brutal. That was so unnatural. I used to work like 4 p.m. to 4 a.m. and oh, oh my god. god, that shift was brutal on the physique. Really? And also I was going to um for a med consult my psychoneurologist for like on and off for many years and for a while I was having um like you know depression and I had a lot of you know I had difficulty sleeping so he recommended a light box one of those yeah I was sun- gonna say they recommend
0: the blue light right. therapy for that you know like for people who travel and right
3: where it duplicates the oh, okay. sunlight so I have one of those and um you know I forget to I forget to use it but especially like around winter time he told me that if you bust that thing out and you use that for 40 minutes a day early in the day, and you do that in the winter time, that that replaces almost like 20 milligrams of like antidepressant. Like it's really powerful, huh. the, the duplicated sunlight. So um, I remember a couple of times when I first started using it, I was going to him for a med console. I go, I can't sleep. I felt like there was a light bulb in my head. And then we deduced that I was doing the sunbox thing at like, 4 p.m. And he was like, no, you can't do it at 4 p.m. Like, I was like, I don't know. Like, so he was very specific. It has to be before noon or before 1 p.m. And and he also recommended melatonin. But that light box really makes a difference, I have to say. And really, it comes down to all that visual stuff, all those screens, that's interfering. It's so powerful. So, yeah, he said, like, 20 milligrams of antidepressant is the equivalent of, like, some good... Sunlight, or you know, early in the day to like rev up that cortisol, etc., etc., and regulate the melatonin and circadian rhythms,
0: or maybe just get some actual sunlight. I mean, that could
3: work. Yeah, out. that too.
2: <laughs> what I what I found helpful was I I got one of those sleep apps on my uh, smartphone.
3: Ah.
2: So it was almost by biofeedback. So I would look at it the first night and say, okay, I didn't do so well. So maybe like tonight I'll do better. And once you start getting to things, it gives you badges. And I know, I know we're a little bit old for badges and that, but let me tell you, you start <laughs> getting competitive with these badges, you've had a great week. Of street, you get the super badge and all that. And I found it very helpful because it, uh, I, I would figure out what was working and what wasn't working. And also to comment on what you said before, where I used to travel quite a bit internationally and in- mm-hmm. across the United States. It destroys your sleep rhythm. Oh. And uh, even going to the West coast and it's and it's not just when you're there, it's it's when you get there then you come back you completely... Yeah, I know killed. Come
3: back is really yeah. hard yeah yeah.
2: And it kills you for two weeks and then it seems that when you travel for business like that, after you do get yourself settled down, then bango, there you go in Europe, forget about it Europe yeah. Europe uh, or Asia which is even worse than Europe. Yeah. It, it's your 12 hours, your 12, 10, anywhere between. Ooh, you
0: yeah. Know. So your night is your day and your day your is night your night. Is day. What is it and they say that an, a day for every hour outside of your um, time zone? Yeah. It takes to recover. Y- you know what?
2: It's, it's, it's not only the sleeping, yeah, something like that. But yeah. I think it's a, an hour a day. But, but here, here's the thing. When you're traveling like that, what people don't realize sometimes is that your whole life is happening at 2 a.m.
3: Yeah. So
0: So blue block glasses I found have to be the the most effective and also just, just not using your device at night if you can help it. I know a lot of people like to watch TV at night. That was a big thing with my little one. She felt like she couldn't sleep without the tv on yeah that one's
3: really tough that one is not really true
0: and so i had to wrestle the remote away from her like no you're not watching tv you're going to read mrs Piggle wiggle and you're going to (laughs) lay down and relax you're going to get horizontal and you're going to go to sleep and sure Mm -hmm. enough she went to sleep.
2: Can you get me a copy of Mrs. Picklewiggle? Mrs.
0: Picklewiggle, I want to read that too. <laughs> Mrs. <Pickle-Wiggle.
2: laughs> she and
0: put a link out of it. And, and and get your <laughs> butt to sleep. So now she's starting to sleep. Now she's she's not as reliant and defiant about like watching the tv to go to sleep because now she's starting to realize oh I guess I don't need the
3: tv to because she's like it's a nightlight no it's not a nightlight sweetie Uh, oh look she's trying to pull the wool over her mommy's Uh, eye yes no you're (laughs) gonna wiggle wiggle and you're gonna go right to sleep you're gonna knit until you get tired and you're gonna fall asleep with those
0: little needles and I'll be there to. and she fought me on the glasses too oh they hurt my head don't you worry I can't sleep with them I said yes you will I'll just take them off when you're sleeping and sure enough (laughs) come in there and take them off and put her on her stand and she's right as rain so so that's what i found works really well you know instead of taking the the melatonin sweet yeah Yeah. primary care doctors often miss heart failure in women black patients we cover this on urban health today Mm Research shows that white men are more likely to receive a correct and timely diagnosis of heart failure in their primary care doctor's office compared to other types of patients. The serious and common heart ailment is often missed in women, Blacks, and poorer people when they see their healthcare provider for a regular appointment. All of this could have dire consequences for patients. Patients diagnosed with heart failure in the emergency room or during inpatient hospitalization often have more advanced heart failure and complications with worse prognoses than individuals diagnosed with heart failure in a primary care setting, explained study lead author Dr. Alexander Sandu of the Division of Cardiovascular Medicine at the Stanford Cardiovascular Institute. One expert called the findings a wake-up call to primary care physicians and cardiologists. Indeed. Any type of patient presenting with complaints of shortness of breath, leg swelling, cough, and chest pain should have a comprehensive evaluation for heart disease and heart muscle dysfunction, says Dr. Guy Mintz. He directs cardiovascular health and lipidology at Northwell Health Sandra Atlas Bass Heart Hospital in Manhasset, New York. The earlier the answer and the earlier the treatment regimen begins, the better prognosis, Mintz said. I hope healthcare providers are listening to this. And I hope people are paying attention. Symptoms of heart attack are different for different people. You see on TV, a lot of time you see if someone is clutching their chest or their arm or their hand is touching their left
3: arm and it's radiating. Right. Arm. And yeah.
0: that's not the same exactly. And that's not the, for some people, it's a headache. For some people, it's nausea or vomiting. For others, it's neck, jaw, and shoulder pain. Or upper back pain. It is not always chest pain or pain in your arm. Like this. that headache
3: one that really blew my mind. Yeah, that it that's actually,
0: yeah, it's like the blinding mm. headache, and you've never had, um, and you don't have a history of migra- you don't Have a
3: history of migraines or cluster headaches or wow. Yeah.
0: It might even be like lightheadedness or dizziness, but you still need to be aware so you can make your doctor aware. People, you got to familiarize yourself with these symptoms because you've got to take your health into your own hands. This is so important. You can't leave this up to your doctor. You have to know. And for doctors listening out there, please keep this on your radar. You need to understand that the symptoms that you've been taught are not the only symptoms because it's very different for women and it's very different for different types of people. Please.
2: You know, with heart failure, yeah, heart failure and heart attacks are, are different you know heart attack is what happens when these conditions go too mm-hmm. long your heart just acts up. right sometimes in a deadly manner but when you're getting heart failure it's it's kind of a precoce your heart is not beating as efficiently as it should so you know one of the symptoms is sometimes you are out of breath for no reason right uh, you go up and down the stairs and you're out of breath uh um, you know things that were easy before are not easy now um uh, there's there's dozens of symptoms which I'm not gonna go into and I you know I'm not a healthcare provider, so I don't know them. But as an educated patient, uh please bring it up to your doctor. Uh if you're listening to the show, you know, check for that. Uh you know, if you're over 40 and, and you're seeing your cardiologist
3: a your lot
0: doctor, of young people are presenting with heart attacks now too. So we shouldn't right. just say if you're over 40, right. if you're, you're developing you're these right. symptoms and these are symptoms that you've never experienced before. Talk to your doctor. You could be having a heart attack. Don't think that because you're young that it's not happening to you. Mm-hmm. I saw the food you guys eat on TikTok. Let me see. <laughs> <laughs> you. know, please be aware that this could happen to you. Don't think that, you know, what you see on TV is only what it is. There are a myriad of symptoms. Just discuss it with your doctor, please. All right, so we'll take a break and we'll be <laughs> study reveals having regular sex can delay menopause. Mm, ah. <laughs> a recent study purports that having sex more often might cause you to reach menopause at a later age. National Institute of Aging defines menopause as 12 consecutive months of having no menstrual period. During perimenopause, which is the transition years leading up to menopause, a woman might experience changes in her period like hot flashes, moodiness, and other symptoms as her body produces less estrogen. The average age of woman in the U.S. reaches menopause is 51. The new study, which was published in Royal Society Open Science, analyzed data from 2,936 women drawn from 11 waves of the study of women's health across the nation. Researchers discovered that women who said they had sex were 28% less likely to go through menopause in women who had sex less than once a month. We noticed that in existing menopause literature, there was a trend of married women experiencing menopause later, which seemed weird to us. That's Megan Arnold, the lead study author and a PhD candidate in evolutionary anthropology at the University College of London. Not many people had tried to explain this association. And I thought that perhaps it was adaptive in response to sexual frequency. So we decided to test that, you know, it's funny because on the new sex in the city series, and just like that, you know, Charlotte, right? Charlotte, she was the only one of the friends that who still had her, her period and yeah. And she's married. So Miranda's also married, but in the storyline, she has had zero sex life where her husband's Steve for many, many, many years. So she's in menopause and then um, Carrie's in menopause and Charlotte is not. So I just thought that that was interesting. So,
2: so this study says that if you look at the data then that married women have more sex than single women, is that what it's also saying?
0: Maybe that they're having more sex than unattached women. Yeah.
2: I never would have thought that one. I got to
0: tell you, I I found that that one hard to believe too. (laughs) So then then why are these women experiencing delayed menopause? It might be that women who are perimenopausal don't feel like having sex, says Dr. Arnold. But she adds, it might be that there's a trade-off between continued ovulation and stopping. In other words, if you're not having sex, then you're not going to get pregnant. Arnold points out. So there'd be little point in maintaining ovulatory function. Ovulation also requires a lot of energy from the body and that can lower immune function. So there may be a point in life where it's better off to stop ovulating and invest your energy elsewhere if you're not going to have a baby because you're not having sex, she says. But Mary Jane Minkin, MD, A clinical professor of obstetrics and gynecology and reproductive sciences at Yale University Medical School, who was not involved in the study, says she has great doubts biologically that having sex regularly would push back menopause. The best correlation, she says, I know, is family history. If mom and sisters went through menopause later, you will likely go through menopause later. I don't know. I I think the body is ever hopeful ever forgiving under the right circumstances. I just think like, for example, you get more sleep, you start to look younger. You cut back on sugar and other inflammatory foods, your endocrine and metabolic health improves. You continue to have sex and the body's like, whoa, pause. We can still do things here. Let's hold off on closing what up are shop. It's that? Are you thinking it's that? or I, is That's what I is think, that it is. think it is. I think the body, I think that, you know, because there's a lot of chemical reactions and, 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 and a, a cascade of, you know, hormonal stuff that goes through, you know, when you're having sex. And I think the body is picking all of that up and
3: it's like, oh, there might still be something here. Let's hold off. What, what do you wow. think? I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking that when you are menopausal, your hormones are changing and it changes your desire. I would think that it's just a sign of your fertility. Having desire is a, is a, a sign of, you know, the distancing of... Um, menopause. Like I, I'm just finding like, it's maybe a bit of a coincidence. That's just my feeling because, you know, I had the surgical menopause and it really changed. Like before that I had a drive. And then after that I had no drive. And I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm having trouble. I'm having trouble thinking that if I had been having tons and tons of sex, like I would have like Continued on and had it at the same age as my mom. You know, who had it like fifty-five. You know, my mom had menopause really late. Also, don't we know that perimenopause? We're differentiating between perimenopausal. Yeah, this is they're talking about perimenopausal women and that the that basically
0: that the onset of menopause for these uh, sexually active being delayed women is delayed because they're having sex.
3: But that we don't already we don't know, know if the single women are not having sex. We, we can't quantify that. Well, so I, don't think, e- yeah, I don't think that, I don't think that, I think they're,
0: they're saying women who have sex, le- they're, they're, what they're quantifying is women who have sex less than, less than once a month. month. Was and that women it? who are having sex at least once a month. That's the, that's the, the delineation, that's the delineation mark. So they're not saying married. I'm just saying that married women of a certain age are more likely going to be look, you could be a dating woman and having sex lots and lots, like if you've got a boyfriend or if you're just like dating. I mean, I don't think that women over a certain age are out there like I mean maybe men are, but I don't know that like fifty-five year old women are like, I got a hot date. Going out on the town or like going to the club and like picking up guys and stuff. I think it is a little different. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know, but I doubt that. (laughs) I mean, there's probably men that still do that, but I don't know that women necessarily Mm -hmm. do that. They kind of want to have a partner.
1: No great adventure ever started with. So there I was on the couch. Adventure should be fun, adventure should be rugged, adventure should. take you someplace new and if you ask me there's no better place to start your adventure this spring than at your local honda dealer where new hondas are arriving daily check out the crv hrv pilot passport accord civic and more so you can stay on the couch if you want to but i'm gonna find adventure in a new honda hurry into your local honda dealer before they're gone
0: or if they're having more than one partner they're they're having serial ongoing sex with those yeah I,
3: i would uh I would agree with that. That would be my prediction also. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's not married women versus, yeah, they said that, but I don't, I don't think that's the the whole thing. They were looking at, they saw that married women were experiencing, but there's also, you know, there's also the the pairing off, right? Like, you know, optimal, uh, have optimal conditions for offspring usually includes like having a partner that can help and so there, I believe there are hormones behind that as well, right? Like being partnered up versus not being partnered up, but let's not get into that. Cause that's a whole right. kettle of fish. So mm-hmm. they were looking at this trend of married women, but the study was women who have, you know, at least once a month and women who are not having sex at least once a month. So I just think that the body is, is ever hopeful. I think the body is, is, you know, very forgiving in a lot of ways. And just, I think that cascade of events, your body just goes, hmm,
3: well, let's see what we can do. Maybe we can pop one off for for old (laughs) time. (laughs) Yeah. It does imply that, like, you're alive in all areas of your life. Like, it does give that vibe. Like, you're very quiet. Yes, go ahead and comment on
2: (laughs) that. I've been very quiet up until now. Well, first of all, I'd like to do the disclaimer that I, of course, funded this study. (laughs) This is a study where if you cook me a a full meal, all sorts of good things are going to Happen to you. I know some
0: women on TikTok who would love to ah, do a big greasy.
2: Some old old
3: rice.
2: (laughs) Jokes aside, um, I I think you hit on something there, uh, Jackie, that if you look at the data, it, it might not be the sex. It might be that women who exercise regularly tend to have more sex. And because they tend to have more sex, they tend to, yeah, they-
3: It's very not confoundable. Not to,
2: there might be an X factor there
3: mm-hmm, that, right.
2: that says, okay, if you're doing A, B, and C, you're going to have more longevity. Sex might be a, uh, a symptom of it, not necessarily oh. the cause. Okay. So I, I think That's
3: that, what I was thinking.
2: Yeah. So I think that the sex is a symptom. Just like cause and all that, it's not necessarily the fact, the X factor that's causing this. This is just my opinion. No,
0: no, that's a that's a really
2: excellent point. I I think you have to look. That's why
0: I was that's why I was stunned silent. That's why I was very quiet while he was. (laughs) speaking.
2: So what, what else? I mean, when you do these types of studies, you have to really go deep into the study. And I'm sure they just like they went deep and they said married versus non-married, at
3: right. front,
2: then they started saying, well, wait a minute, it's not married versus not married. It's You know, you, you have to go deeper into the numbers. And I think there's going to be a few X factors there that they hadn't considered, which were leading to the more sex, which is, you know, people that are, better, have taken better care of their bodies. That leads to more sex. A lot of times people, as they get older, stop having sex because they don't feel... That they're glamorous enough or their partners are not glamorous enough or, or blah blah. I, I'm just throwing out I'm, I'm spitballing reasons. Are you
0: talking about you. women? Are you talking about men? Because men don't care whether a, they're glamorous wh-
2: whether or not. As long
0: as they're Cialis, yeah, they're I, I, good to go. I, I'm talking <laughs>
2: about you know, whether you're you know straight or gay. I am talking about, you know, sex does take two, usually. Usually.
0: Um, and by the way, let me just say that, let me just go backtrack because They said that they noticed in the literature. So this is not a study that they did. They looked at studies that that were done previously that focused on married women experiencing menopause later. Their study was not on married women. Their study was just on the frequency with which women were having. And they noticed that women who had more sex tended to have delayed menopause. So I just wanted to backtrack and clear that up but back to this point i wonder does that include women who self-love does that
3: does that that count it seems seems to me to be not including women who self-love that's the vibe i'm getting because they're quantifying it that way
0: but but is there but is there a different is there a different throw that out it's there there, but but what i'm wondering is is there a different hormonal cascade that happens during masturbation vis-a-vis copulation do you know what i'm saying
2: i think the
3: mental, the <laughs> mental <hormones> are <laughs> why are you laughing jackie <laughs> just because that seems so loaded
2: <laughs> you have to live forever
3: the, the mental no horm- way i need some self-love no <laughs> Yeah,
2: i'm gonna live forever yeah. <laughs>
0: But you know what I'm saying? Like they didn't talk about. Well, if you masturbate, does that include women who masturbate? Mm-hmm. I don't know because maybe it's a different chemical thing that happens um, when you masturbate versus when you have intercourse. Yeah. You know? Do you, do you get the same? Oh my God! You're this laughing. This is, just,
2: sorry, just so <laughs> funny, is a threesome better where I live?
3: For it? am just adding too many no no I'm but it's a good question I still like that uh what Lou said about sex is a symptom that sounds like a great title for a book or a or like a song a hit song that's great that was a mic drop I'm gonna drop I'm
0: gonna drop a mic for that one that was an excellent excellent point it stunned me into silence and I'm almost never silent (laughs) so you don't think that it's it's the body is like helpful like you don't think the body's like hey wait a minute this Help healing and on. like
3: well there is something to that that you're keeping you're keeping sensory input in all different ways I just think that, so that makes a certain amount of sense sort of neurologically like yeah. you're, you're using using it or losing it that's a right. Very- exactly. Oh, exactly. Yeah. It's like, whoa, wait, we're not done with this
0: yet. We thought we were done, but maybe we're not done because look, this stuff is going on, and maybe we can make something happen here.
2: Right. And you know, you, I you know, a lot like puzzles. They, they give puzzles to people
3: that you know are <laughs> you know, oh the No, no, no. The, the, okay, the <laughs> You know, when, he had. Like, I can't wait yeah. for where this could possibly go. I'm enjoying you know, the version. <laughs> This was going so well,
0: and then go ahead, Luke, go ahead. No, is, I mean,
2: if puzzles keep the <laughs> away, maybe regular activity, whether it's the psychological effect or the physical effects.
0: Oh, I like, see yeah. where you're going. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's
2: it's like your body's interaction. Like, I gotta stay young for blah blah blah. It's uh, a
0: rewiring, in other words. Right. It's, it's it, like it's, the yeah. It's like the yeah, user it or loser,
2: it. It. like Jackie was
0: feedback. just talking about. Uh, and
2: yes. and the reason you give somebody who maybe you know they say dementia is is uh, stalled by mental activity, your mind just says, "Well, I'm not done yet. I'm not ready to shut." Yes, down. exactly. So I gotta I gotta stay this, and you grow more neurons. So you know the brain is a powerful thing.
3: Well, the body's and, a powerful thing. Yeah.
2: And maybe your brain is telling you, hey, you ain't done yet. Maybe, you know.
3: Yeah, that is uh, saying what, couple of what Sarah months. was saying. That's true. Yeah, that's interesting. Use it or lose it, maybe. Yeah. All right. So we're going to take a break and we'll be right back.
0: back. And speaking of sexual health, this week's topic is of particular interest to me because I don't think when we think about prostate cancer that we think about sexually active men or even gay men. So let's talk about erectile dysfunction after prostate cancer. Erectile dysfunction, or ED, is a common complication of prostate cancer treatment ED is defined as the inability to achieve and/or maintain an erection adequate for sexual intercourse. ED is more common in men with increasing age. A recent systematic review found that the overall reported incidence of ED in European men varied between 0.9% and 0.80, and sorry, 0.9% and 88%. In men over 60 years, the rate of ED was 33%, with rates increasing to greater than 60% in the average over 80 age group. This is a similar demographic. Wait a minute. There are men over 80 still getting erections?
2: Anyway. Right. This I'm is a, this listening is a, now. I'm going to have to fund this stuff. Well,
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's bananas. Do they, do, oh. they mean, do they mean without like... Um, a medication. I think they. Them? I think they're not talking about medication yeah. at this point. I think they just. Uh-huh. About yeah,
2: this just, is one of those studies that you
0: just see. plain virile. This wow. is a demographic to those receiving treatment for prostate cancer. The causes of ED are often multifactorial, and they can be subclassified into psychological and organic categories. Psychological causes include depression, anxiety, stress, lack of attraction, and relationship difficulties. Organic causes include inflammatory, mechanical, vascular, traumatic, neurogenic, drug-related, and hormonal effects. Organic causes may result from common conditions such as diabetes and vascular disease and tend to have a more gradual beginning unless related to an obvious event like surgery or trauma. There's also the loss of spontaneous erections. Men who are diagnosed with prostate cancer should be counseled about the ED risks of all treatment options available to them and the potential impact of ED on their post-treatment quality of life. But are they being counseled? Are they really? I don't know about that. This leads us to, and we covered this. This this appeared in the New York Times when we covered this on Urban Health Today. Urologists, quote unquote, not trained to manage gay or bisexual men with prostate cancer. Prostate cancer is the second most common cancer in men. Commonly observed symptoms after treatment include urinary incontinence, decreased libido, erectile dysfunction, and loss of ejaculation. Although these symptoms occur in most men, regardless of sexual orientation, gay men often find it more difficult to deal with. The New York Times reports on the story of Matthew Curtin, who was diagnosed with prostate cancer in October 2019. After careful consideration, a prostatectomy was deemed the best treatment option. The surgery was successful and two years later, there were no signs that the cancer had returned. But Curtin went through a roller coaster of psychological and clinical turmoil. He felt his urologist was unprepared as they were more attuned to handling cases of straight males and had little to no knowledge of how to manage gay patients. According to Mr. Curtin, He was three months into treatment when he realized that there's a lot going on here, the emotional and psychological effect that is not being treated. Many gay men in their 50s and 60s are now entering the prime target population for prostate cancer, and there is a need to address their sexual needs. However, there is a lack of research data on how these men should be treated, as most research on gay health focused on HIV as it was the biggest killer. According to Dr. Simon Rosser, a professor of epidemiology and community health at the College of Minnesota, there are many reasons for the lack of data on gay men. One was that during the AIDS pandemic, many gay men died before developing prostate cancer. It's only now that as age generation grew older and aged into health problems like prostate cancer, that specialists are starting to see gay patients, said Dr. Rosser, but they are not trained in sexual minorities and healthcare. The prostate is an important sexual organ for gay men, and there is a need to educate patients about how this affects their bodies and take that into account when deciding on the treatment options for these men. Dr. Chana Amarasakara, the Director of the Urology Department for Gay and Bisexual Men's Urology Program at Northwestern Medicine in Chicago says it's important to collect data on how treatment affects the sexual function of gay and bisexual men, who have a different sexual repertoire than heterosexual men. Uh, I think Dr. Rosser is right. I think that this attitude among doctors, though, extends beyond sexual minorities. I think that they tend uh, to focus on getting rid of the cancer.
3: Yeah, I think this is an oncologist in general. Yes, like, yeah, they, they don't think about the quality of life. Yeah, after the patient survives the treatment. right? right. You
0: know, like, with gay men in particular, or men who have a very, like, prostate-centric, you know, sex life, they're, 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 like, you know, they use that area as their G-spot, it's got to be a crushing blow to the psyche to realize you may never be able to, like, to realize you may never be able to orgasm again. That, that's got to
3: hurt. That's, a, that's a, a humongous life change. Devastating.
0: Yeah. And to have a doctor look at you and just, well, I cured your cancer. It's like, okay, but I'm here and now I I have no quality of life. You know, for a lot of men, their sexual function is their quality of life. Like for a breast cancer survivor, her quality of life is stuff like, well, now I've got heart disease. Now I'm fat. Now I've, I've, I've got diabetes. Now I've got depression. I've got, for men, it could, all it needs to be is I can't get my junk to work. Or I'm peeing myself or Yeah, you know those I mean? are like,
3: really devastating. Yes, oh continents too. Like equally,
0: oh, equally devastating, exactly. And so I just wonder what doctors are doing about that. Like, are their feet being held to the fire after the cancer treat, after the cancer is gone and the person is still there? Is it like Is it not their responsibility anymore? Or do they refer them on? I think there should be like a system where they refer them on for like, okay, you survived the cancer. Congratulations. Well, first it needs to be the counseling beforehand. Like, look, this is what could happen to you. This is what happens to, I don't know what the averages are, but this is what could happen to you afterwards. I just want you to be aware. And you know, if you're like 75 or 80, it's like, Okay. But if you're like 60 or 50 and, or even 45, and this happens, it's like, whoa, whoa. I didn't, you know, so you mean my life as I know it is going to be over? Like, I'm never going to be able to please my partner. Like I'm not going to, that is devastating.
3: I remember Dominic Dunn. You remember Dominic Dunn, the writer? Yes. He, uh, there was a documentary about him which I forget the name, but it was, it was interesting. It was produced by his son. It might've even been directed by his son, but he had prostate cancer and he apparently, his doctor had had a discussion with him that it was probably, you know, it might interfere with, you know, his performance and um, his ability, you know, and give him ED. Well, that and he is. was like, right. And he was like, oh, I don't care about that. And I was like, wow, and he said his doctor was like, that's the first time I've ever heard anybody say, I don't care about that. Yeah. And that has got to be a one-off conversation. It. I'm surprised, I'm glad that the doctor discussed it with him. Yes, I'm those, glad that it was on his radar, yeah. Yeah, and also don't, I mean, how much do they train, you know, urologists and oncologists to discuss that? Is that, you know, the quality of life issues? do they train them heavily to discuss? I don't know that they do. And that's
0: a, that's a huge concern. Like they should be concerned about that. But you know, that's part of the problem with, with Western um, style of medicine is that, you know, you're like an, they treat your body like, a, like an auto shop. You know, like you're, you're, you're dealt with in parts. Like everything is interconnected in the body. but yeah, it's
3: not holistic.
0: Right. It's not the holistic approach. They don't think about like, okay, well, we've treated the prostate, but now this person's um, not able to, to use their sex organ. Like they don't, like they don't think about that. They don't think about, okay, now this person's sex life is destroyed and he'll never be able to um, feel pleasure anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's just not a concern. It's just not a concern. And I, I think that Mm -hmm. Part of the training should definitely be, you know, some sort of like handoff to a counselor or some sort of like, if you break it, if you break your hand, right, Mm -hmm. you get the cast, you get your reset, then you have PT afterwards. You have physical
3: therapy after, that's right. Or you
0: have OT to get you using that part of your body again, Mm -hmm. yet, there's no PT or OT for like, how do I get my groove back? That's so unfair.
2: But, but all right, but uh, I, there's a lot to unpack here. So let, let's start at the yeah.
0: <laughs> Let's unpack
2: some of this. You know, you gotta realize that institutions sometimes are known for their curates. So it's a big part of their advertising and it's a big part of them attracting patients. So
0: institutions are also known for their menus and okay, they try but, to make but, sure but, they have yeah, I'm going tasty there. food. I'm going but there. okay, go
2: ahead. I'm going there. So, so for example, I, and I'm going to just use Mount Sinai, whether they be good or bad. I'm just using them as an example okay. right now. So the, you know, the commercial thing, we're at Mount Sinai are 90% uh, efficient at curing prostate cancer or people have a 90% success rate or cure rate on prostate cancer. So, you know what, if you're looking at that and you're looking at the commercial and you're listening to that and you're a consumer that has choices, uh, you know, or a patient that has choices, you might go to Sinai because they got a 90% cure rate.
3: Right, you want those numbers.
2: Okay, but here's what you do. The cure rate is usually predicated upon was the cancer gone and did it stay gone for five years and did it metastasize to something else? The cure rate doesn't mean that they didn't give you incontinence. The cure rate doesn't mean that you had ED because incontinence is the next symptom that they worry about because it's who wants to get pe- peeing on themselves right. all day. And then number three is your sexual responsiveness. But to them, cure only means the cancer's gone. Right. So what that tends to do is, you know, you call it that unconscious bias. The unconscious bias on the doctors is to have the better cure rate. So they're always going to opt somewhere in their heads for the most radical process. So let's yeah. let's kill the let's kill the bug with a nuclear bomb kind of thing, you know. Okay. So 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 that's so when you start hearing about that um you start thinking oh the second thing we have to unpack is that there's a lot of different you know uh, prostate cancer can be cured surgically, it could be cured by radiation, it could right. be cured by um it could also be cured by by when I say radiation, proton therapy and uh, other things, brachial therapy, seeds, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of uh, of ways that are a lot less invasive uh, in, in terms of that.
0: And by the way, I'm kind of hating on that because mm-hmm. there's, you know, with breast cancer or ovarian cancer is a better example. What mm-hmm. are the ways of treating ovarian cancer? There's only one way it's like yeah. take it
3: out, right? Right. So
0: I'm 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 hating on that a little bit. But right. That, right. it right.
3: wasn't prominent the way the other cancers were. It just didn't have the infrastructure behind it, is my feeling. That's my suspicion.
0: <laughs> well, and I think they just don't care about women's quality of life the way they care about preserving a man's ability to Yeah, I
3: think that's in them. the mix too. That yeah. that doesn't feel as uh as, you know.
2: Yeah, so... so Especially
0: we, when yeah. you're a certain age. But go ahead. So if we look at, that was know, a digression. The,
2: the origins of our show, which is you know about disparities and all that, what happens? People have better insurance or usually more money, regardless of... Ah. The, it becomes a money thing. If you have better insurance, you're going to have more options. So you're going to be able to weigh your options. Your doctor going to sit down and have a whole consultation with you. These are the things you can expect. What's your lifestyle? What are you going to use your junk for? Blah, but, blah, 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 blah. Okay. All right. If you don't have that kind of insurance, it's like, okay, this is what we do. This is how we cure it. Line up, take a number. I mean, that's, that's basically what they're giving to you. One size fits all. So what happens? A lot of times the outcomes are worse. And again, we, got, we talk to the unconscious bias. Your buddy over here had this surgery and he had incontinence or he wasn't able to please his girlfriend or blah, blah, blah. So you start getting you know, whole populations of men who delay Uh, finding out do they have this or that right uh, in 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 terms of because the
0: alternative is
2: the alternative is not good right you know the alternatives are not going to be good on on all of the things right so you say well maybe in six months i'll vote for it my psa and p is a little high but i'll get checked out sooner or later or if you have the better insurance that that fear factor is not there because you have a better relationship with your doctor hopefully and you, you can go and do more things. Okay?
0: But the question is, are they then, once the cancer is not, a, the, not the center um, mm-hmm. issue, it's not the central issue,
3: mm-hmm.
0: are they then saying, okay, now what? You, you've got ED. Mm-hmm. What can we do to- Is there a
3: follow-up for, for quality it? of life? That's what yeah. I'm asking. Yeah.
2: Okay. And,
3: that, and
0: that's at, at any level.
2: I know I, I always don't answer the question by answering the question, but I'm not going to answer it here on this one. Again, prostate cancer, it depends. 80% of the time, depending on the, on the genetic factor of your cancer, prostate cancer is the turtle of all cancers. So you have a yes, long a very time; slow. it doesn't metastasize. Oh. It takes eight to ten years to even metastasize. In fact, a lot of
0: really old people—they—they—they've yeah. done autopsies on like really old yeah. people and found that. Oh, and by the way, they died, but they yeah. also had prostate cancer. Or if they diagnose it, they'll say, "Look, you'll probably die before the cancer kills you. Right. What do you want to do? Well no kidding. Breast
2: and breast, mm-hmm. if left unchecked, it does metastasize a lot quicker.
0: Yes, that's true. So
2: it's not, it is, you know, we all call it cancer, but it's not really the same disease as one of the others. So you do have disparities and there are treat, there, there's a reason why the, the treatment is so radical on one. And it's because of the fact that it jumps off very quickly into other parts of the body where prostate cancer, 80 to 90% of the time, depending on the strain that you have. Now, when we're talking about ED, yes. remember, it's the third consideration as far as the doctor's concerned. The Is it thing, a
0: consideration at all, though? It doesn't sound like it's I, even consideration. Really it's like, really... ta-da, I cured you. What? Look,
2: your what junk does, doesn't
0: work? Oh, but you're alive. What does the third yes.
2: thing have to do during the day? How much, you know, most people, the, the most important thing, they pay attention to it. By the time you get to the sixth thing, it's not that important. And Not and that if, important. You, you know, if your it, junk
0: stopped working after...
2: To the doctor. Okay,
0: to the doctor. I'm talking about for the patient, though.
2: Usually, the junk doesn't work if something happened to your nerves and you no longer have that type of stimulation. Um, so, they. You mean
0: something got irradiated away or they snipped it or something?
2: That used to happen a lot surgically before. That's why they came up with the Da Vinci. It, now, now here's like they came up with the thing for the men. They came up with the that robotic surgery women. Uh-huh. to be very careful not to kill your nerves uh, mm. there. Um, a, byproduct, That's interesting. a byproduct of the surgery is that the nerves that were there were affected. So you lost some enough sensitivity where, where, you know, performance became very difficult. Um, then, you, you know, there's, there's just so much to unpack it. And we have like five shows on it. You know, the definitions of ED vary into like, nothing is going on to like, stuff is going on, but it, it doesn't happen exactly at the time that you want it to go on oh wow,
3: what a broad <laughs>
2: topic to finish
0: but it's not even just the, the the junk there's also like for gay men there's also the the, the prostate is a, a very sensitive area it's a very highly innervated very well,
2: I, I i'm not gonna go where gay men have more uh
0: i'm not saying they have more i'm just saying that like the article says it that they you know they have their their sex is different you know well, yeah
2: i mean they you know there are it's certain not activities. just my
3: thing can go up or go down it's it's other stuff too do you think diversity and doctors would help i think that they need to go
0: back to the drawing board and they need to treat the individual as not just a body part but as a, a functioning system you know like these systems are interconnected and i don't think they think about that or treat the body that way. And that's mm-hmm. to the disadvantage of um, a lot of patients. And then that creates disparity. Cause as you said, you know, people don't want to think about, well, my junk may not work anymore. Uh, I'm just not going to see the doctor, right. I'm not going to get treated. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that as well. But I think that what needs to happen is I need think doctors. And I think medical training needs to go back to the drawing board and address these things. And address them a little more holistically, and I know those those terms are you know are not used in those circles, but I think we need to start thinking about the whole person. and I think we need to start thinking about people's quality of life. Like you know, you can't have a conversation with somebody and tell them that you want to cut their parts out and without having the conversation of well, what happens to me after that, say I survive and what happens to me after that. You can't just say well. I don't know what happens or basically I don't care what happens, but we're going to cut it out because we want you to survive. That's fine. But treat me as a whole individual. Like when I come into that office, I'm a whole person, right? Like, look at things like, you know, they, they, they do the breast surgery and they, and they have the procedure where you can immediately afterwards. Uh, I think that's NYU has, Mm -hmm. you know, where they, they take the breasts out prophylactically and then they put in implants. So that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the types of things that they should be thinking about. Like, okay, look, this person has to go on in life and they, they, they want to go back to resuming their life. How do we get them to do that? I just think that that's, that's an important part that, that needs to be part of the oncology conversation, not just dealing with the cancer, or dealing with the disease. Anyway, go on to urbanhealthweekly.com for the links to all of these articles. I think you'll enjoy it. And I want you to remember that you only have one life and one body. you got to do your best and make it count so your years are full of life and full of health. Small steps each day and you'll see a difference, I'm sure of it. So that's all the time we have today, guys. Uh, This was terrific. You guys were amazing. All right. And I will see you next week. Sounds good. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Urban Health Weekly today. I hope you'll join me and my friends next week so you can stay informed and inspired to take control of your health. See you next time.
1: No great adventure ever started with, so there I was on the couch. Adventure should be fun. Adventure should be rugged. Adventure should take you someplace new. And if you ask me, there's no better place to start your adventure this spring than at your local Honda dealer, where new Hondas are arriving daily. Check out the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, Accord, Civic, and more. So you can stay on the couch if you want to, but I'm going to find adventure in a new Honda. Hurry into your local Honda dealer before they're gone. Here's to you, permanent resident of the snack table. For without you, how would we know that a bun is merely a vessel for delivering Eckridge-smoked sausage to your mouth and that there's no shame in being the first to get seconds? Mm. Here's to you. Eckridge-smoked sausage. You do you.